everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Coco and Dalts. We're real people bringing you real reviews of all the latest streaming offerings on Netflix, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, and HBO Max. I'm not Dalts. And I'm not Coco. And not Coco, what are we reviewing for listener today? We are actually going to do a podcast on Concrete Cowboy. It's a story of a young lad who started off in Detroit, Michigan, and... (laughs) As opposed to Detroit, Missouri. (laughs) Right. And he uh, was a 'er ne'er-do-well and in trouble, and his mom got fed up and drove him uh, from Detroit to Philadelphia, where his father lived, as a cowboy. And the... Which is surprising, because who knew there were cowboys in Philly? Not me. (laughs) Not until this movie was made and I watched it. Right. Um, and so the young lad who's who's a ne'er-do-well, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. trying to keep out of trouble. And <laughs> his, <laughs> his dad is a cowboy in Philadelphia. Like, not just like in the suburbs or, you know, the, you know the, the barren pastures of Pennsylvania, but actually right in Philadelphia, right downtown. And so this is a heartwarming story of how this young lad becomes more on the straight and narrow after dealing with much nerdy wellness. <laughs> As opposed to health and wellness. Right. <laughs> nerdy wellness. And the dad is played by Idris Elba. As you might have known, Coco, I don't know if you were aware of that before we watched this movie, but... I've heard of him before. Idris Elba, who is actually probably Coco's most favorite person in the world, even though she's never met him or had a conversation with him. Um, <laughs> and the shots begin. <laughs> and the young ne'er-do-well is played by Caleb McLaughlin, who is also known as... Lucas. Lucas from The Stranger Things, or, or Stranger Things, actually. So it's a, st- it's, a, it's a story of redemption. It's a story of heartache. It's a story of... Nerdy wellness. See, I'm not very good at the summaries. <laughs> no, you're great at the summaries. What are you talking you're about? You just said that because you wanted to do the intro. So why didn't you want to do the summary for this movie? Tell I, listener. I really wasn't sure how I would describe this movie. But did I do a good job? Yeah, you did a good yeah, job. Right. You could have done that. I, I, I think you did a good job. I got nerdy well in there several times. You I, did. I, I don't think you would have done that. No, you're an all-star. <laughs> So, so it's yeah, it's it's a pretty good little story. Uh, Idris Elba is like the absentee dad who is yeah, he, sort of like a dad to everybody else except his kid. He's really not in it very much. Yeah, he's not. Well, so not enough as far as you're concerned, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing could have just been him reading the phone book, and I would have been happy if he had been like not with a shirt on, riding around on a horse. That <laughs> right, would have been totally. it. Would have been like your favorite movie of all time. Adams, comma Teresa, residing at one fifty three Eighth Street. Area code 860. Meanwhile, you're like, this is the best movie. Like, you need to reapply some sunblock, Idris. (laughs) Take a a break. Put the phone book down. When's the sequel? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, Coco, you know, taking taking that out of the picture, the fact that Idris wasn't in it enough. Right. um, What did you think of Concrete Cowboy? See, I thought it was going to be a sequel to Urban Cowboy, but I, I was wrong. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure what I think about Concrete Wait, Cowboy. What? Yeah. Should we stop the podcast so you can think about it? Because <laughs> it's sort of what we're here, we're doing here. <laughs> well, I. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, oh. but I. 
I liked it. You but thought it was going to be a, a sequel to Urban Cowboy too? No, I didn't. John actually. Travolta dancing and stuff like that. No, it kind of from the description, like I kind of thought it was going to be way cheesier than it actually was. <laughs> like you know, young boy goes to live with dad in Philly and becomes a cowboy, and I was well, like, WTF? So like, <laughs> I think if you remember uh, back when we were trying trying to figure out what movies we were going to watch and everything like that, I was like, I can't think of a movie I want to watch least right than Urban cowboys in philadelphia right and so i had that same sort of misnomer going on too it's like well do we really want to watch a movie like like i can't relate to this in any way shape or form right so i did like the story there were definitely parts of it that were really like cheesy and obvious like oh the horse that doesn't like anybody except for lucas from stranger things escapes and Lucas is the only one who can tame him and bring him back to the stable. But then as soon as he gets on the horse, like it starts raining. And (laughs) it's the scene from the natural where (laughs) lightning crashes and there's amazing uh, footage of rain and people running around in it. Right. So there were some moments that were really cheesy and obvious, but the story I liked because as Dalt said, who knew that there were cowboys in Philly? Mm -hmm. Like apparently that's an actual thing. Mm -hmm. Some of the, uh, parts in this movie were played by people who are actual, the actual urban, people. Yeah, yeah, the actual people who ride horses in Philadelphia. And they were talking um, over the closing credits. There were interviews with uh, three or four of the uh, people who played roles in the movie, and mm-hmm. they were talking about what the stables mean to them and how people don't know this is a thing. And how one guy even said, "Like, I probably don't have a felony on my record because mm-hmm. of the stables, and mm-hmm. because you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself, and you know you have like the horses to take care of and stuff." Mm-hmm. So, um, so the story itself was really interesting. Um, I did like the dynamic between. Uh, Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin, um, Lorraine Toussaint. I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. She was in it as well. She she was uh, the neighbor, Idris Elba's neighbor. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, Idris Elba is definitely more of an '80s parent than <laughs> than <laughs> a, a helicopter parent. Yeah, than a 2020s parent. Like at one point, uh, what what was his name in the movie? Lucas from Stranger Things. His Cole. name was Cole. Cole. Yeah, named after uh, Cole Train. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at one point. Like the horse, like kind of bucks Cole off, and he falls down on his shoulder, and Idris Elba's like, "Shake it off, shake it off," and Just I'm get like, back on there. And I'm like, "Wow, that is definitely an '80s parent right, right. there, <laughs> like right. not taking him to the doctor or anything." Right. So it's the old uh, like your 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 mom would lick her thumb on and then rub your wound, right? Totally. And then that you're was good. It. You're yeah. good. You're, you're you're cured. Yeah. So I like the dynamic between them, the father son dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, so. Uh, what's his name again? Cole. He had, I keep, because I, I keep wanting to call him Lucas. Like, because he's, he's in my head as Lucas. He doesn't Stranger look Things. anything like he did in no, Stranger Things. No, the first couple seasons of Stranger Things. Well, he's a little boy and now he's, right. you know. Now he's older. Yeah, but. um. Now he's a nerdy well. <laughs> so uh, Cole has a friend named Smush, who is. Of course he does. Yeah, of course he does. Who's a uh, drug dealer um, and, but. The drug dealer has bigger plans. Like he wants to make a lot of money because he also used to be a cowboy and he wants to go out west and he wants to flip ranches and then eventually buy his own ranch and live there. And of course, like, I mean, basically Smush has to die Mm -hmm. for Cole to not 
followed in that path, Mm -hmm. you know, of danger. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really a huge fan necessarily of that storyline. Talk about a 'er ne'er-do-well. Yeah, definitely. So, but yeah, that's, uh, what, what do you think? I, so the symbolism to me of the, I think it's worth mentioning of the, of Cole taming the horse is that this is, that's the movie as a whole. That's, yeah. that's Cole being tamed yeah. by this situation. The, mm-hmm. the rebellious little boy who's growing mm-hmm. up to be a, not a good guy. And then he gets tamed by this whole situation. I think that scene was very obvious. All the white softball players standing on the side of the of the softball diamond watching this happen in the rain. And like you said, like that was, that was a really pivotal and key moment. I, I, I thought it was nice. I thought it was, there was a couple of times where I got a little choked up. It was very sentimental. Wow. And it was, but it was more like dad, son stuff. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And, and somebody who has, I had a very good relationship with my dad who has passed away. Like that kind of stuff always gets to me. It always gets, it always pulls my heartstrings. Yeah. And as a woman, I don't, understand father-son dynamics right. because I haven't lived them and neither one of us also understands black father-son right. dynamics right exactly because you know, yeah. we're but, both white. but I can relate to yeah. father-son father, situation dynamics. yeah right. exactly it's not like my dad was far away or anything like that but just that mm-hmm. kind of connection that you have mm-hmm. with your dad and this kid was longing for that so right. deeply in this movie mm-hmm. and that came across really strongly and I thought that that was a that was an interesting part of the story and I thought that it was interesting that that Idris who plays harp uh, wasn't really given two horse craps about his kid really in the beginning. He just seemed like, it was like, well, if you're coming to live with me, come and live with me, you know, and do <laughs> Here's it. Here's the couch. Yeah, do it. Yeah, there you can sleep down here with the horse, with the horse, by the way, who's living in his house. I don't know if we mentioned that or not, but there's also a horse living in his house. And so he was, like you said, not, not exactly a, you know, modern day parent. Um, and I thought that was an interesting way of thinking, like an interesting approach that you don't really see in these kinds of movies. Usually it's the kids like, oh, you know, dad, son, oh, let's have fun together and let's bond. It wasn't, it wasn't that at all. In the first 25 minutes of the movie, you were like wondering, where's this kid going to sleep? Because he's wandering the streets with, with his, his clothes, clothes and garbage bags. His clothes are in garbage bags and he's going from house to house and he's hearing gunshots in the, in the distance mm. and he's like, you know, scared crapless, although he's from Detroit. So I don't know how different it was from where he was living. But nonetheless, here's a kid, you know, just got dumped by his mother and his dad's not really taking him in. So there was a lot of, there was there was a dynamic there. But I, overall, uh, not to uh, extend this any further really than it needs to, but I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a good watch. I will say though, caveat uh, listener, is that we just came off eight hours of watching horrible acting. <laughs> in the serpent. In the serpent. <laughs> And so anything that's going to come after that is going to be like, you know, like chocolate cake right. versus... Give all these people Oscars. Right, exactly. <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen. The writing <laughs> right. is tremendous. Look at right. that action. Oh, the scenery. Like it just, uh, it was it was way better than what we saw. Yeah. But I still think it was better than I expected. Caleb McLaughlin especially was really good. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, Idris is good and everything. But he had his shirt on too much for you. Well, yeah. Other than that, he was pretty good. <laughs> he was pretty good for a guy who was born in London, probably had a silver spoon. Uh, you know, he was probably born from not cowboy roots, in other words. like, <laughs> right. And he did a really good job of coming across as being like a rough and ready guy who was working in the sanitation department and yeah, looking totally. after horses. Like, I, I bought it. I, I, you know, I bought him doing that. So the breaking of the horse is also the breaking of Harp, because in the beginning, he's... Look at you. He doesn't give a crap about his kid, you right. know, like sleep wherever, I don't care. And by the end... You know, they're out in the streets washing horses together. (laughs) (laughs) 
just every parent's dream. Right. Totally. <laughs> and there's streets of a broken down urban community washing horses. Hey, what did you think, Coco? I mean, give us more about what you thought. Oh, that's kind of what I thought. I, I liked the story. The story mm-hmm. was good. Like I said, there were definitely parts that were a little bit too obvious for mm-hmm. me, but I thought the performances were all great. Um, the story was interesting. So Less than two hours. Less than two hours. It wasn't yeah. eight hours long. No, you can kind of breeze through it. Mm-hmm. So there were, and like I said, the, the two, Harp and um, Cole, I really liked their dynamic. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they were good. So what would you give it out of 26 letters? I'd give it like a B minus. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty high. What, what about you? I'd give it probably so. I, I now that you reminded me that I gave Godzilla versus Kong a six, so I'd probably give this maybe a seven. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So seven, the serpent, maybe seven point two five. The serpent was a five. Mm-hmm. Godzilla versus Kong is a six, and now this is like a seven to seven point two five. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're on a we're on a pretty good trajectory here for adults. What did I give uh, Sound of uh, Metal? I don't. I think that was when you were still giving it like two hearing aids up or whatever. So. <laughs> So I don't really remember what you gave it. Probably that. not comparable. No, totally. <laughs> that's what we're we're doing here, listener. We're trying to keep you guessing at all times. We're not going to be predictable, that's for sure. <laughs> so got anything uh, else to add? No, I think, uh, you know, just go out and uh, support your local uh, cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Your local stables. Right. Keep and if business. you live in the neighborhood, don't complain about the smell. No, because you moved that, into next door to a stable. You know, you kind of got to go with that. You know, that was actually really funny because when Cole first goes to live with his dad and he's put to work down at the stables and he's got to clean all the stalls out mm-hmm. and he's taking one shovel of horse poo at a time out to the dumpster and somebody actually has to tell him to get the wheelbarrow mm-hmm. and because otherwise it's going to take him all day. And I'm like wow, this kid maybe kind of was coddled because he can't figure that out on his own. Like there's like three wheelbarrows right up against the dumpster and he's not putting two and two together there. I'm, I'm like, watching this and I'm thinking, wheelbarrow? Like why right. are you doing that? Like I was, <laughs> exactly. the, the filmmaker was actually very good at doing that and conveying that because I was I was ahead of it, but I was on the same trajectory. I was like, what? why is he doing this? Is one shovel at a time and he's walking all the way out to the dumpster. <laughs> right. There's got to be an easier way to do that. So maybe he's not subjected to 80s hands-off parenting. Maybe in Detroit, his mom really was was like the helicopter parent who did well, everything for him. That so. could be, or else maybe this is a, a supportive uh, piece of evidence for helicopter parenting. Is it somebody should have been standing there right beside him? It's like, no, what are you doing? No, you do it this way. Do it this well, way. somebody definitely needed to tell him, do not wear your brand new stark white kicks to the horse stable. Yes. Like, even if you don't know beforehand that you're going to be clearing out the stalls, don't wear your brand new stark white kicks. Animals got to poo. To the horse stables. And of course, he stops to look at something and the shovel tips and he gets crap all over his shoes. Although the, the shoes still looked pretty good. Well, he shined them up pretty good after that. Yeah. So, so exactly, we always end up talking about poo. Like poor dolls. Like we have a dog and I'm always like, did he go? When you took him for a walk, did he go? Like, how did it look? Was it okay? So poor dolls like always get stuck talking about poo. So, so. I figured after, after my girls grew up and got out of diapers, I would never dwell on diaper talk again but actually here we are <laughs> then i came into your life and then with dogs it doesn't evolve <laughs> no it doesn't it's, it's not like they go and look after it themselves <laughs> right, no. <laughs> no, all right yeah. so i think it's time to end the podcast because we're talking about your dog's poo right sorry about that listener yeah. all right so thanks for joining us listener we appreciate it and the music's playing us out again so now we got to go oh and did we mention that concrete cowboys on netflix we might have okay. i don't think i did if not it's on netflix it's on netflix and it's hot 
That's why we're doing it. It's like number two in the U.S. today. Yes. So we say watch it. Yeah, definitely watch it. So for another episode of the podcast, thank you for joining us, listener. I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dolls. <laughs>